So yeah, we're going to get into the word today. As you guys know, we, uh, we're reading through the entire Bible together. Um, we're going to get right into it. It's eight o'clock. So we're going to jump right in. If you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to Psalm 141. Sorry, no, not Psalm 141, but you're going to turn your Bibles to Psalm 142. Um, for those of you who are here for the first time, what we're doing here is we call this the Read and Rant. We actually turn this also into a podcast, the Read and Rant podcast. And what we do is, is we spend every weekday morning in the reading of the word. We're going to be reading through the entire Bible. We've been reading now from Genesis and now we're in the book of Psalms. And today we get to finish the book of Psalms. I'm excited about that. We com- we've we, we've gone through a big chunk now of the Old Testament. And for those of you who have been reading it, my prayer, even as we read together, is that you would see the scriptures in its total view, in the total perspective, with a wide lens, to see the scriptures with a wide lens and to see how um, how all of it comes together, to see how it's all pieced together. Um, it's not, you know, I'm not here to make anyone experts on the scripture, but I'm here for you to be exposed to the totality of the scripture, because when you are exposed to the totality of the scripture, then you're able to read portions and pieces of the scripture in light of the totality of the scripture. You cannot really interpret any scripture well until you're actually reading it on the backdrop on the totality of the historical narrative, the biblical history, the biblical story. And so we are here and we're going to engage in the word. I want to encourage you right now to go ahead and turn your Bibles to to um, uh, to Psalm 142. I want to take this moment as well to thank my patrons. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here, part of this movement. I can't wait. I got some amazing announcements to make. And I can't wait to share it with you all soon. Uh, but you guys are fam, and I thank you so much for all that you do. And if you're interested in ever supporting what we're doing here, just click the link in the profile. Click the link in, in the bio. And you can also go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. But let's get right to it. Psalms 142. And it says this. Before, Sorry, before we even read, we're going to spend time in prayer. And what I want you to pray about as we read this is I want you to ask three questions. Even as you're reading, I want you to prayerfully read. And we're going to ask three questions because we can't really study through all of this. This is a lot of scripture that we're going to be reading through. But I want to expose you to large swaths of text. But as you're reading through it, I want you to allow the Lord to speak into your heart, to talk to you, to converse with you, and to address these three things that I want you to attune your spirit to your soul to your mind to and it's god what are you revealing concerning yourself so first question second question is god what are you revealing concerning people and the third question you're going to ask is god what are you revealing concerning me okay those are the three questions i want you to ask as we engage in the word today. Father, reveal yourself to us. Reveal your heart to us. Reveal your will to us. Help us today, Lord, as we read your word, that we would hear your voice and be guided by you. We pray for your wisdom. We pray for your insight. We pray not just for information, but we pray for revelation. Guide us today in your word. Bless us today in your word. And Lord, I just ask that you would give us something new today. Give us something new today. Give us this day our 
quotidian bread, our daily bread. And I ask that in your name, we pray. Amen. Psalm 142, verse 1. Read along with me. And it says this. I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. In the way which I walk, they have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord, and said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you deal bountifully with me. Psalm 143, hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me, and in your righteousness, do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no one living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have long been dead, therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is distressed. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Selah. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of righteousness. Revive me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For your righteousness, for your righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all who afflict my soul. For I am your servant. Hmm. Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. My loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and the one whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. Lord, what is man that you would take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you are mindful of him? Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Stretch out your hand from above. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters from the land of foreigners whose mouth speaks lying words and whose right hand is the right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to you, O Lord. On a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. 
the one who gives salvation to kings, who delivers David his servant from the deadly sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners, whose mouth speaks lying words and whose right hand is at the right hand of falsehood, that your sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in a palace style, that our barns may be full, supplying all places of produce, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields, that our oxen may be well laden, that there be no breaking in or going out, that there be no outcry in our streets. Happy are the people who are in such state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Psalm 145, I will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever. Every day I will bless you. I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Hmm. The eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Every living thing. Hmm. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also, he will also hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all my flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Hmm. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man, in whom there is no help. His spirit departs, he returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widow. 
In the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. Hmm. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the numbers of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises to on the harp to our God who covers the heavens with the clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates. For he has blessed your children within you. He makes peace with your borders and fills you with the finest wheat. He sends out his commands to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the frost like ashes. He casts out his hail like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He causes wind to blow and waters and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his judgments to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. He, has, he also established them forever. They made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great creatures in all you depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds, fulfilling his word, mountains and hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the heaven and earth. He has exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to him. Praise the Lord. Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. 
Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with a dance. Let them sing praises to him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud in their beds. Let the high places of the Lord be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. To execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples. Bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the string instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with the clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. In the last chapter of Psalms, Psalm one, sorry, that was the last chapter of Psalms. Psalm 150. Congratulations, family. If you have been with us for the last month, <laughs> this is probably, I think, I don't think we have a book. We've had a book that we spent this much time on, which is the book of Psalms. But we've been reading from Genesis to Exodus to Leviticus to Numbers to Deuteronomy all the way to the book of Psalms. And if you were here earlier, you would, or even before that, uh, you would have read through the entire New Testament from Matthew to Revelation. And now we're reading through the Old Testament, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, the book of Psalms is a, it's a big book. It's a it's a large book. And yes, you may have felt like that you took a lot of time in this book, but that's okay. And the reason why is because, well, again, there was 150 chapters in this book. <laughs> um, some chapters are shorter than others. Some are like Psalm 119. Others are like Psalm 118. But you read through it. And so congratulations. I want to say that. So whoop, 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 whoop. You did it. This is my desire for you. My desire for you is for you to actually read the whole thing. You know, even if you miss the rant, like some of you now, you may have read this and now you're saying, okay, I read, now I got to get to work, get to work, do what you got to do. You don't need to sit and listen to me rant. So I call it a rant. I set the bar real low <laughs> um, for our time together when we're ranting on the text or when I'm ranting on the text and you guys get to see what my process is, at least uh, as I come before the Lord as his son. But I really want you guys just to focus on spending time reading the word. That's really what I want you to do, because when you expose yourself to the word, not only are you getting the whole story in the big picture, but now you get a sense of what God is doing, who God is, 
and what God has already done and what we can anticipate in consequence to what God has already done. I hope that when you spend your time in reading this, that your view of God is changing. And I hope as you spend time in reading this, that not only is your view of God changing, but even your view of yourself is changing. I think sometimes we can look at the gospel and we can read it and we can speak it and we can, you know, break down theologically, you know, the 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 doctrines of grace and the gospel. Or for some of us, we can, you know, <clears throat> break down the message of the gospel. And for some of us, we can spend time just theologically decomposing who God is and we can engage in all these discourses. But there's nothing better than actually reading the whole text and knowing who God is, not just from a cerebral perspective, but to know him in our hearts. I find that most people, right, um, who are wrestling with the thoughts and the ideas of who God is and what God has done, they're wrestling with it because they actually are trying to confine God to a set of beliefs, a set of ideas, and a set of thoughts, rather than realizing that this book was written to introduce you to the person of God, knowing who God is, receiving revelation about who God is, and how God is inviting us into his person through his word. Um, you're not going to fully understand what Christ did and what Christ accomplished until you fully get a picture of what's happening here in this text. Notice that central to the story here is a people. And I'm just going to just kind of give you a quick just overview and then I'll close you out with some thoughts because I got to get on the road in a few. And so because I have to get on the road in a few, I figured, you know, what, I want to at least close out with the reading before I get on the road. But I want you guys to make sure, I, I want to be sure that you guys understand that this story is in the backdrop of <clears throat> what God I'm sorry, in the backdrop of a story of a people, there's a thread, a consistent thread all the way through this. That as we've been reading, we've been reading the story of a people. Notice, central to the story here is the children of Israel. Central to the story is the children of Israel. Uh, the term that was given to them are the Israelites. Remember, Israel, whose name was Jacob, was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham, Abraham. Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham, was changed to Abraham when he received the promise that he would be the father of many nations. And in the fathering of nations, his family, his people, through him would come the righteousness and the justice of all of humanity. Through um, the promise that was given to him, through these people would come the restoration of the world. There were global implications to what God is doing with a people. There are cosmic implications for what God is doing with his people. And yet all of this was a consequence of God 
wanting to get into relationship back with his people. Okay? To get into relationship with his people. And so at the center of the story, central to all this, is the children of Israel. And so we're hearing them. And I think this is why this is so important. And I want to make sure you guys have the right perspective before we even speak into what this means to us today, what this means to me today as I'm reading this. But you cannot ignore that. You cannot not ignore that we're reading a story about a people. We're not specifically reading a story about me. <laughs> that's the that's the narcissism that we sometimes bring in when we read the text. We read it, we go, okay, wow, praise the Lord. Okay, this is me, this is me, this is me, this is me. Back up. Back up for a second. This is at the center of the story is the children of Israel. And if you look at the story, you'll see, oh, these Psalms that were written were written by Israelites for Israelites. And so why is this important? I'm going to get to that in a minute because I think it's important for you to understand the story first. We said this, this is like a mixtape. The book of Psalms is a collection of five songs and it begins with the emphasis of the book of Psalms about the importance of the law, the law, the importance of the law, the importance of the being obedient to the law. Um, blessed is the man who does not count. Uh, um, sorry, my brain is, is all jumbled up. Um, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates day and night. This law, this law, this law. So it opens up with how the, how the law, the importance of the law. Not for us specifically, but the importance of the law specifically and particularly to the children of Israel. It was the children of Israel who sang these songs. It was the children of Israel who said this over and over again. The children of Israel followed the Mosaic law. The children of Israel did the work and, and, and followed the sacrificial law. The children of Israel did this because this was the law that was given to them at Mount Sinai. We read all of this. And so they're speaking about the importance of the law because the law was not intended to save them. The law was intended to distinguish them. When God said to the children of Israel, he said, be holy for I am holy. He gave them the law to make them distinct from all the other pagan nations. The Canaanites, the Amorites, the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, the Hittites, all the ites. This was the, he was distinguishing them from them, that there's going to be a new way to live. And this way to live is not going to look like how everybody else lived. As a matter of fact, the issue was, is that the way that everybody else lives is that they're governed by self. They're governed by 
their own identity, their own power, their own position, their own right, their own being. And so they live on the government of me, myself, and I. And if there's anything that brings um, destruction and ruin and pain and brokenness, it's me, myself, and I. And yet that's what they're governed by. So they're governed by power. They're governed by politics. They're governed by um, 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 governments, military. They're governed by economics. They're governed by position. This was how the world lived. And this is how the world ruled. And this is how the world governed. But he's put the people and he said, these people, I'm going to set aside. And he said to them, I will be your God and you will be my people. God called these people to be holy and said to them, be holy. Why? For I am holy. It's, it's interesting to me how we can sometimes read that and we think that this is what is necessary. What is a necessary means of salvation? that somehow holiness is salvation. Sometimes we read it and we think, well, you know, um, I need to be holy because being holy is what's going to get me into heaven. We'll read it and we'll think, well, it's holiness that's right. It's, the, it's holiness that's necessary. I need to live a holy life in order to go to heaven. And then when we ask the question of, well, Living a holy life, then what does that mean to live a holy life? Is it, is it, is it how I dress? Is it what I wear? Is it what I say? Do I follow the Ten Commandments? Do I follow the law in the Bible? Do I, do I do all of these things? And so we get caught up now in finding all the rules in the Bible that will make us holy, not realizing that holiness is not about your ticket to heaven. Holiness is about distinctness. And holiness was about separation and to be distinct. Step out from among them and be ye separated. Why am I bringing all this up? I'm bringing all this up because they understood that it was their distinctness that God blessed. And God blessed them and he blessed them for their distinctness. And, and he gave them access back into his presence. And here's what's interesting about it is just a little side note, because I know some people, I, I hear I hear some of the debates and all the arguments that are happening on the chat. And I don't have enough time to really go in and work with you guys on it. But but here's the thing, right? We always talk about how we need to faithfully observe the law of God. Isn't that interesting? Where we're always talking about how you must, you know, the Bible says to do this. The Bible says to do that. You must faithfully observe the law of God. To what end? Has anybody ever asked that question? Why? You must faithfully obey the law of God. Why? You know, the Ten Commandments and all these rules. Why? Well, you because God said so. Okay, that's a good answer. Why do you do it? For many of us, our motivation to follow the law is so that we can get to heaven. Because we want to find some means by which we take power and ability to be able to do it, to go to heaven, because we want to be responsible to get to heaven.
We want it to be on us. Isn't that funny? And yet nowhere in the Bible did it say that the law was unto righteousness and for salvation. As a matter of fact, didn't the Bible say that the strength of sin is the law? Is it not the law that gave the devil power? Isn't it the law that gave the accuser of the brethren power? The law transforms no one and the law changes no one's identity. And unfortunately, when we read through the text, sometimes we forget that the same people who were told to follow the law and to obey the law were the same people who kept breaking it. From the ones that we celebrate to the ones that we don't see much of, but we know corporately the children of Israel continue to break the law. And yet that's what the book of Leviticus was all about. The book of Leviticus was all about how we give people who sin over and over again access into the presence of God. And it was about a blood sacrifice. Leviticus goes through entire discourse and dissertation about how God gives us access back into his presence. And it was through the blood. Because the scriptures tell us that the life is in the blood. And yet they had to continually sacrifice over and over and over again. But the beautiful thing they knew was, is that in the moment that they sinned, they can come to God with their sin. And the moment that they broke the law, they can come to God with the law and they would just impute the law on the sacrifice. And once the sacrifice has been performed, the debt had been paid and they returned back knowing that they have been absolved of whatever thing they did in that moment. The problem was, is that they had to do it over and over again, over and over again, because that sacrifice was only good for the past sin. And yet there could not be a sacrifice good enough for past, present, and future sin. There's no animal that can do that. The children of Israel continually broke the law, continually disobeyed God. And in the end, it was their continual sin and in the end it was it was their compromise that they lost their identity the problem wasn't that they this is going to sound weird that i say it this way i know it's going to frustrate some people when i say it like this the problem wasn't that they sinned against god god gave them a solution back into his presence if they sinned it was the sacrifice that wasn't the problem problem was they lost their identity because they continued to sin against God. And in losing their identity and losing their distinctness, the children of Israel now find themselves in captivity, scattered about the world. And the very people now that were distinct, that were supposed to be the ones who would be the mediators between God and humanity, the spiritual connection and the conduit, the nation of priests who would live a life of humility and sacrifice and distinctness, the law would simply just expose the sin of the world, not heal the sin of the world. These people now have lost their identity. They look like the world. They look like everything else the world is doing. And by consequence, they have now fallen into the oblivion. They live in the shadows, disenfranchised, with no home, no place to go. 
And so we read Psalms, and what Psalms is doing is Psalms is shaping them again, renewing them again, restoring them again, reminding them again. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law he meditates day and night. Meditate isn't just thinking about it, Meditating is living it out. And notice when he talks, when we, think, when we think about wickedness, often we think of wickedness as doing really, really bad things. When the scripture simply tells that wickedness is any form of injustice, both passive and active. Any form of sin was wickedness. If you were, if you were okay with just seeing the homeless homeless and seeing the hungry hungry and you never did anything about that, that was considered wickedness. Anything other than the righteousness of God was considered wickedness. And yet to sit in the counsel of the wicked is to sit in the counsel of the people who live on their own power, position, and identity. And what does that leave? That leaves war, pestilence, disease, brokenness. And not only did they become that, the book of Judges says they became, tells us how they became just like them and even worse participating in everything institutionally broken. The kings couldn't help him because kings can't do it. But God still had his name on his people because God had a promise that he gave because his mission was for the world, but his mission was for the world through a people. <laughs> I'm so encouraged today because what you'll notice, and I just want you to hear this out, that at the beginning of Psalms, you hear the lament of the people. There's a little bit of praise here and there, but the people are lamenting at the beginning of Psalms. Remember what I told you before, that you've got these five books or these five sections that have been broken down, these five mixtapes that have been broken down, these people who live in the shadows, who are singing these songs and being reminded of who God called them to be and who they are. And so at the beginning, we hear them lamenting, weeping over their current state. They're singing the songs that David wrote, that the sons of Asaph wrote, that, that Solomon wrote. And yet these songs, you know, the other thing is everybody, everybody sometimes ask the question, quick little side note here, for those of you who ask this question, but some of you are like, you know, I wish we could just sing this in rhythm, right? Like, why can't we, because these were actual songs. These were poems and actual songs. Um, and, and I don't feel like, well, how do we put this into rhythm? You, you really can't because it was written in Hebrew. <laughs> so it may be in rhythm in Hebrew, but then when it's translated to English, it kind of loses its rhythm. So I just want to give you just a little side note on that. So it loses its rhythm, but at least we're able to preserve the poetry of it. We're, we're able to preserve the imagery. We're able to preserve the emotion of it. We're able to preserve all of that. That's just a little quick side note, because sometimes people are like, man, um, let's, let's, let's make these into songs if it's in rhythm. Yeah, it's in rhythm in that language. It's not necessarily a rhythm in our language. Side note. Because <laughs> I think you ask that question all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, there's songs. So where's the rhythm to the song? Well, maybe you forgot 
They didn't speak English in those days and in that region. Not, a little conviction there. That's why this is not about you. And these Hebrew prayers were sung. Yes, they were. But be reminded, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't about you. This is facts. This is fa man, I love these comments. This is fact. Fred Hammond will make it a song. He will do it. All right. He'll put a he'll, yes, he will. <laughs> um, and maybe it'd be fun to, to do some research on that. It'd be fun to um, do some research on how some of these songs were actually sung. Okay. Because we, re we read through all these songs and there were the songs of ascent. Some of them have been preserved in how they were sung. Many of them have been preserved in how they were sung. But anyway, it's another conversation for another day. But going back to what I was saying is notice the, the, the earlier songs were, were, were dearths. They were um, songs of lament and mourning because this is the state that they're in. But they're mourning, not hopeless, because God still has a promise. The promise is still on them. And so notice that as they continue to put these songs together, they begin with lament, but then you begin to hear the tone changing. They're shifting into giving God worship and giving God praise and giving God glory. They're acknowledging that even in the midst of their brokenness and even in the midst of their pain, God is still at the center of it. I think for, uh, for many of us, this is where we, this is where we fall off. For many of us, we drop off because we don't know of the promise of God. You know, it's hard. Let me say this real quick. It's, this is just a quick reflection here, but it's hard to go through what you're going through when you don't know or don't have the confidence to know that you've been called by God. Like when you know that God's name is on you, you can go through it and know that the creator of the heavens and the earth, El Elyon, the Lord of the Most High, he's got you. And so maybe you don't like what you're going through right now, but you know that God isn't done. You know that God's plan isn't done. You know that God has a promise on your life because he would not let his children stay by the wayside and suffer in all eternity. But when you don't have that confidence to know that you've been chosen by God, it's hard to endure the pain that you're going through in the moment. But here's the word now. Before the foundations of the world, he chose you. And if he chose you, then he has a promise on you. And his promises are yes and amen. Endure. Family, endure. There's some people right now saying, well, how do I know that he's chosen me? And how do I know that, his, that, that there's a promise on me? How do I know that I'm a children of the promise? Paul said that to a people who are both Jewish and Gentile. Paul said it to a people who are both Hebrew and also um, Gentile, to the Greeks and to the Hebrews, to the Greeks and to the Jews. And he said to both of them that they've been chosen in him before the foundation of the world. What's going to give you the strength and the power to endure what you're going through in this moment is to know that God has already chosen you. I say that because 
we see the people, even though they lamented, they don't close with lament. The book of Psalms opens with lament, opens with the law, opens with acknowledging, hey guys, this is what it means to be blessed. And yet we are not blessed. <laughs> but then it's just that the pain is causing them to realize we're not blessed. But then they realize that even in the midst of the pain, they are blessed. And so we see how they're going through through this progression of maturity and understanding of the work that God is doing. So it's blessed as men who follows the law. But here we are because we didn't follow the law. And yet the Lord still has a promise of this messianic king who is to come. And now I can give God praise, not because he's come, but because he will. Because something is still coming. God is not done. So therefore, he deserves praise even now because God's work will come into fruition. How do a people who are still in captivity, this is my question today, and then I'm done. How do people who are still stuck in captivity give God praise? How do people who have not yet seen their breakthrough give God praise? Can I say this one more time? How do people who have not yet seen their breakthrough give God praise? How do people who haven't yet seen their healing give God praise? How do people who have not yet seen God do it in their lives, how do they give God praise? Because they are chosen by him. Chosen by him before the foundations of the world that even if God does not give you your breakthrough now, you have the privilege of participating with him in the victory that he's accomplishing. God isn't done. He's not done. He hasn't completed it yet. Here's, I'll take this one step further. When we say he's not done, people often think that's because God's going to heal me next week. God's going to give me my breakthrough next month. God's going to turn around in two months. God's going to give it to me. What if God doesn't? Ooh, here's a challenge. What if God doesn't do it? Will you still praise him? <laughs> a lot of people will say no. I'm going to wait for my breakthrough. It's hard to give God praise if after a while you don't see your breakthrough, but is your praise conditional upon your breakthrough? Are you praising God for what he's done? Or are you praising for God? Are you praising God for what he has already done? Are you praising God for who he is? Are you praising him in the midst of the storm? Are you praising him in the pain? Are you praising God in the midst of it all? Or are you praising him so that somehow you can evoke God to move? Because there are people who will praise 
to somehow evoke God to move as if God is some kind of child who needs our encouragement to help us and to deliver us. We don't give God praise to do what God does. We give God praise because we have breath in our lungs. We give God praise because if we don't praise him, Jesus said, I'll get the rocks to do it. We praise God because of who he is, not simply because of what he's done. It said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Not, oh, give thanks unto the Lord because he healed me. Can God heal? Yes, he can. Will God heal? Yes, I believe he will. I believe God can heal today. I believe God can restore today. But how many people can still give God praise even in the midst of it? God is not your butler. He's not your slave. God is not your waiter. He's not your servicer. He's also not a little child who needs you to praise him so that he can move and do what he does. He is sovereign, king of kings, lord of lords, El Elyon. Who are we to tell God what to do and when to do it and how to do it? How about we just give God praise? for who he is. How about we give God praise for what he's done? Because God has already done great things. He did it on the cross. And what he did on the cross was good enough for praise for the eternity of our lives and the lives after us and the generation after us and the people after us. God deserves praise because of who he is. That's it. And we have to get out of this thinking of I'm waiting for God to get it together and to help me. Then I'll praise him as if God needed us for anything. These people praised him, but notice what he says here. Yes, we end it with let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We praise him because we have breath. Praise him with the flute and the harp and the timbre. And yes, it's a, it's a closing celebration with music and singing, but you don't need music to praise God. Praise ain't a fast song with music and, and a beat, singing. Yeah, you can praise God with music. You can praise God with the timbrel and the harp. You can praise God with all of that. But God don't need that to praise. He said, Jesus said, if they don't praise me, I'll get the rocks to do it. Rocks can praise. Matter of fact, the scriptures tell us all through the book of Psalms of how the firmament gives him praise, how all creation gives him praise. He's already getting praise. We've just given the, we've been given the privilege to participate with him 
and with all of creation to give him praise. God doesn't need our praise. God already gets our praise. We get the privilege of participating with him. We get the privilege of being aware and, 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 and cognizant of this goodness, this power, this grace, this, 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 this fullness, essence of God. Look at Psalm 148. Praise him, sun and moon. The sun and moon give God praise. Praise him, all you stars of light. The stars of light give God praise. Praise him, you heaven of heavens of heavens. The heavens of heavens give God praise. You waters above the heavens. They all give God praise. The universe gives God praise. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great creatures in all the depths, the fish and the whales give God praise. Psalm 148, the beasts and the cattle, the creeping things, the flying fowls, they all give God praise. Both young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth in heaven. His name, notice what he says, his name alone. Not his name and your healing. Not, not his name and your financial breakthrough. Not, 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 not his name and you know, your promotion, his name alone. Alone. So if God doesn't do anything else in your life, guess what? Give him praise. If, if God, if God doesn't, you know, help you get out of whatever you're praying about. Give him praise. If God gives you breath, give him praise. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Father, today I thank you that you have allowed us, Lord, to um, close out the book of Psalms and I've got so many thoughts, but I'm just thinking out loud. And sometimes that can be <laughs> messy, um, but I'm thinking out loud. And, and as I'm reflecting and thinking out loud, I can't help but acknowledge that who you are alone demands our praise. So, Father, teach us, Lord, to give you praise in all things. Teach us to give you praise. Teach us to be aware Lord, of who you are and all that we do. Father, we pray that we would glorify you. Lord, not conditional upon what you do, but simply because of who you are. So bless us today as we 
um, go about our respective days and all the things that we do today. And I just pray that you would um, give us wisdom, give us insight, give us clarity, allow us, Lord, to see you. As we close the book of Psalms, let us close with the same mindset of the children of Israel. We may have mourned about where we've been and what we're going through, but we will not let that prohibit us from giving you praise. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't let what you are going through or what you've been through prohibit you from giving God praise.